Impact 89FM. East Lansing. 89FM. The Impact. You're listening to Impact Exposure. Exposure gives a voice to our community and provides a forum for discussing the relevant issues of today. Broadcasting from the campus of Michigan State University, this is Impact Exposure. You are tuned to Impact Exposure, but tonight is the second Tuesday of the month, so that means that Olin Health Center is here to join me in hosting Impact Sexposure. And the topic tonight is, well, sex. And if you want to join the conversation at any time, Feel free to call us at 517-432-3893. You're really going to want to write down this number because we're going to be talking about a lot of different things regarding sex. And I know you're going to have questions. And I know that you're going to want to call in and, and join the conversation. So again, that number, get out that pen, 432-3893. So members of Olin, can you go around the table and introduce yourselves tonight? <laughs> yes, I'm Kevin. I'm from the Health Ed Support Staff at Olin Health Center. I'll second that. My name is Jamie. My name's Brenda Nelson. <laughs> it's funny last night, because when I was at the all staff meeting at Brody, you were supposed to introduce yourself, and I was thinking about Brenda and about the show tonight, so I introduced myself as Dr. D. And I never do that in public. I only do it on the radio as Dr. D. But this is Dr. D, and, and we're glad to be here. And I, and I saw, Emily, as you were starting to think about how you're going to introduce this show, you almost almost hesitated on sexposure. You said exposure, and then I was thinking, well, maybe it's because we asked her the question about how's your sex life again, because she kind of hesitated. <laughs> so we, we don't know. We're just talking about that. It's been three years with Emily. Emily's hosted Sexposure for three years now, and we're talking about that relationship has lost its passion, <laughs> like many relationships do after three years. But we're glad to be with Emily. And we have, we have man and and the women on the street tonight. We have some new things tonight. So passion be... lives another day. And, and, yes, coming back. If, if I might say, I am I am so excited tonight to have our guest on. And I'm probably the most excited. And I'm sitting here just kind of wiggling in my seat <laughs> because I've known Brenda Nelson for a long time, and, and I've wanted to have Brenda on the show. And and I just have to tell you how it all first came about. Back in the, the early 90s, uh, uh, this young woman comes walking down the hall and says, uh, where can I get some condoms? And I was like, who the heck is that? And she said, well, I'm Brenda, and I, I host a program in the residence called, called Sex with Brenda. And I was like, yeah, right. <laughs> it's like I was born yesterday. You just want 40 free condoms. or Actually, I think you asked for 200 condoms. And that was when I was with my old partner, Deb Frost. Mm -hmm. You remember Deb? Yeah. And I was going like, Deb, who is this woman? She said, you don't know about sex with Brenda? And she started telling me about So, So I'm, I'm delighted to have you on. I'm, I'm sure the rest yeah. of us are. And... You know, as we were talking about having you on, and I called Brenda, and she said, "Well, I would, I would do it for you, but am, is this going to get me fired? Well, I can't, I can't guarantee you it won't get you fired because we've come close, right, Emily?" Yeah. But I mean, and I, I guess the first question I think, uh, you know, and last night, as I said to the all staff meeting at Brody, I said we're going to have Brenda, and she's going to do sex with Brenda. Everyone kind of looked at me like. Brenda's going to have sex on the air. <laughs> but tell us how you got started with that. I mean, uh, let's see. Let's see. So Dennis um, gets me into trouble. <laughs> but, but I got started because uh, in the 80s, um, the AIDS epidemic seemed to be the thing to talk about. And I was working in residence halls at that time as a night manager. And one of the other directors and I got together and said, let's do this program. We, we shouldn't lose another person due to AIDS. 
and so it just became very passionate for me. And then, then Magic Johnson's diagnosed, and then it really brought it right to MSU. Mm -hmm. And so um, then it got to be about, you know, uh, you don't need to be limited by what's going on in your body. You should still be able to be loved. Mm -hmm. And so how do you get to that piece? And so it's just been a passion of mine. To, it's, it's one of the things everybody wants to know about, uh, but not only people really talk about it. And I like talking about it, and I think it made the conversation okay mm -hmm. in the 80s to have it. So, yeah. Well, I remember you using that line. It's it's something that everybody wants to talk about. Yes. And you always you always say that to me. But I mean, how did you how did you become comfortable talking about it? How did you become comfortable talking in public about it? Uh, I think I think uh, Kevin was talking about this before we started. I think people talk about it more in public than they do in private. Mm -hmm. I think that you really may not be able to have an intimate relationship with someone because you can't be that intimate and say, well, this is what I really need from you to make me feel satisfied. Uh, so I think we talk publicly with our friends, you know, we'll get in groups, um, you'll call in on other talk shows, <laughs> right. but tonight you call in to us. But I think uh, public is almost natural. So, uh, but I grew up Baptist, Southern Baptist. Uh, <laughs> and so that was just a no-no. And so, of course, anything that's a no-no you want to talk about. I so I taboo, took taboo. the thing that would embarrass my parents the most <laughs> and started just asking the questions like, you know, what it is, what is it to love someone? To ask a parent, you know, uh, those kinds of things. And so they sent me to college. They said, you'll find out there. <laughs> I'm still working. I, I got it. I got it. They were right. I'm finding out here. So there you go. That's how I got started. Well, if you have questions for Brenda, the number to call is? 432-3893. And I know that one of the first uh, questions that Kevin asked on the street was, oh, what, what, Kevin went out this week on the street. Yes, yes. I went out um, on Friday, actually, specifically, and uh, kind of staked my spot outside of the odd and kind of grabbed people as they were walking by if they didn't have their headphones in or they were not pretending to be on the phone so they didn't have to talk to me. But mm -hmm. I gave out some shirts as incentives, and they happened to answer some questions anonymously that we recorded, and it's funny, like we were just saying, like how easy people talk about it if their well, name or their. Well, wait a minute, dude. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. Whoa, dude. Please, please jump in here. <laughs> On Friday, you were as nervous <laughs> as I've ever seen you, and you I are was. not a nervous person because you are I'm a not. theater troupe member, and you're out there and you talk about sex right. all the time. But when you're about to go down the street, I said, Kevin, what's wrong? I'm a little apprehensive. It's, it's different when you're, I'm, I'm randomly walking down the street, I'm bothering people's day, they're going from class to class. It's hard to stop somebody, ask them, can they spare five minutes just to talk about sex with me? So that's why I said I was very happy to have those shirts. Shirts there, the duck tour shirts. To give I, actually, them I actually sent you out with a bodyguard. <laughs> James came along. He was looking at some of the support. questions on you and said, I don't know if I can ask that one. Maybe I can ask that one. But, but and I felt that, but How I, did you find it? How did you find it when you were out on the street? Well, I chose a little bit less invasive of questions. I wasn't asking, well, what makes you feel sexiest? We would probably take an in-depth conversation to get into it. I asked more uh, questions such as, what is your definition of hooking up? Which can be the broadest term ever. And if you do have that conversation with someone uh, you're close to and you're starting a relationship with, uh, and they ask, well, they're talking about a past partner, did you hook up with them? That meaning can mean so many different things to people. And it was just very interesting, some of the answers that we We've gotten such a range. Well, on that note, can I just play? Yeah, let's just get? say that if you have a uh, an answer to any of 
uh, what are we calling the section? This is Quickies with Kevin. Quickies, Quickies with, with Kevin. Kevin. Was, was the, the crowd favorite. Emily so Quickies loves with Kevin. that name. Quickies with Kevin. <laughs> but if you have an answer to any of this, please call in because we do have your complimentary prize, prize pack from Olin. We didn't even talk about so that. What's, what's in the prize pack tonight, Jamie? Oh. I don't know. I didn't put them together, Kevin. Lube, condoms, suckers. Um, not we, just any lube. Not just any lube. Flavored. We have flavored lube as well. What think, flavors we got tonight? I think we got banana, pina colada. Um, if you don't like those fruity flavors, Wait, do you have sure. mint? We do have mint, actually. Awesome. We have dental dams, too. We got it all. So um, definitely call in. Uh, you get a free prize pack. Yeah, you'll be able to pick up at Student Health Services. So, so you any of these questions. You had a prize pack back in the 90s, don't you? I do. <laughs> so, so if you have any questions tonight, again, that number, 432-3893. And on that note, let's play one of the quickies with Kevin. And this question, this is when you were going around asking people, what do they think the definition of hooking up is? What is your definition of hooking up? Uh, anything that involves penetration. Sleeping with someone? Hanging out? Like going somewhere to the movies or something? I guess not necessarily having sex, but just more than kissing. Hooking up to me is sexual acts uh, that go some kind of touching beneath clothes or wear clothes. I think hooking up is having sex. Hooking up to me is anything that involves uh, two people who are mutually consenting, hopefully adult-type characters, engaging in sexual activity. I guess just, I don't, I don't know, I guess anything. Would it have to end in sex? No. Not to be hooking up, it wouldn't end in sex? No, I wouldn't say so. I'd say like, you, you know, making out is hooking up with somebody. And that, again, was our new segment called Quickies with Kevin. <laughs> Which, thank gosh, that was quick. <laughs> Brenda, do you think that that definition has changed over the years as you've been involved with talking about sex? Well, I have to, this is fortuitous because, Kevin, I, I used to call Quickie Sex was relevant, and I used to work with Dr. Barkley. I was a mm -hmm. student assistant of his. And, and, and Quickie Sex meant the time it took your roommate to leave Hubbard to go to Conrad. You can have sex within that time. We call it quickie sex. So I'm glad it's oh. back. So, so, so that was considered quickie sex. So That's I, great. I think I think it's I think it's uh, the hookup thing. It's yeah. different. I think um, it is. It's definitely where you come from. There may be a, a cultural difference too, because I hear guys saying we're going to hook up tonight, mm -hmm. and that's out of my culture. I'm African American, and so I don't think they're saying they're going to have sex. But it is really quite good to hear what other people think. Uh, you know, hooking up is so it, it helps with the uh, uh, the understanding. I think that's a big thing because because you could say that to someone, I'm going to hook up with you, and they may be totally put off by it. Mm -hmm. right. Like, oh no, not tonight. I find it interesting that I think in different, even different places uh, in the U.S., yes. um, that means com something completely different. I remember specifically being a freshman in high school and talking to a dear friend of mine that was in boarding school on the East Coast in New Hampshire. And she was saying, you know, she's going to boarding school by herself, away from her parents. And then she was just inundated with peer pressure to have sex with people. And she was a freshman in high school. Mm -hmm. And uh, she was talking about, yeah, everyone's hooking up with each other. I'm like, oh, like everyone's dating, like, which what, that's what it meant to me when I was in high school, hooking up meant, you know, dating someone. But she's like, no, that means having sex. And she's like, that's what it means everywhere on the East Coast. So I think it's also interesting, it's where you come from, where, what that actually means. Yeah. Mm -hmm. well, well, in counseling, we get it all the time, you know, when people are talking about their risks, you know, we hooked up. 
you know, you know, it hooked up. Well, what does that mean? Well, what and does then that getting mean? into depth of that. But it's, I think it's an umbrella term that people feel comfortable using because they might not be comfortable using the term sex, oral sex. Going into depth conversations yeah, about it. It's kind it, of yeah. that buffer zone for them. <laughs> and what Jamie's talking about, too, is both Kevin and Jamie are HIV counselors, so they, they see folks when they come in to be tested for HIV. Uh, but even even when we were talking about the definition of hookup in our hallway at Olin, there was different <laughs> different definition going down the hallway depending on age, gender, right. race. It was it was yes. different. I mean, people yeah. behind my shoulder reading it and just automatically answering yes. the question. No, right no, there. hooking. Uh, actually, we talked to a, a mother who will remain nameless who, who said <laughs> who said no, hooking up is not about sex. It's just about getting together. <laughs> I think that was wishful thinking on her part because she has a daughter here at MSU. But but. I mean, it, it's it's a word that you can get into uh, trouble with if one person thinks it means one thing and somebody else means something else when they're saying we're hooking up and you know somebody thinks oh sex and the other person says no 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 we're just going to go see a movie, so it's really about defining that. So what were some of the other topics that you covered? Uh, well, I, I I used to bring in like um, like a smorgasbord of <laughs> um, like well three hundred condoms. That was my biggest take from Olin. I thought you know. You know, people would see me coming and go like, yeah, that's Brenda, she's getting 300 condoms. And they would just come to the desk to see who that was. What would someone do with 300 condoms? Oh, you'd give them away. <laughs> and, and, so, and, um, and so I would uh, have condoms, and I would, I would put uh, a condom over both my hands to show them that, you know, if you use it right, it should work. Mm -hmm. You know, just the proper use of the the accoutrements is what I would call it. So how to, how to like use the word. dental dam, how to, you know, you know. And the big one was you know, when it's not right. If this isn't Timing. working for me, Timing, yes. uh, that you don't have to feel forced. We had a lot of dialogue about relationships because a lot of people, and, and men and women too, because I always liked that. I had did an all-male, um, um, I was the only female in the room. And the reason oh, I was wow. there was because the mentor said, look, there was this uh, statement on the wall that uh, out of David Letterman's top 10, the, the top mm -hmm. 10 thing was to rape someone. What? what? Yeah. Top ten what? Uh, what what you would do? Top ten list. If you could, if you could, could do anything. Again. If you could do anything, wow. you'd get away with it. Top ten was you would rape someone. So so they asked me to come up and talk to the male floor, and mm -hmm. I was the only female there. And so what I did was some research. And so I wanted to find out how do you get to people, how to get to their minds. So I, I actually ended up uh, trying to figure out what it's like to be male. That was strange. <laughs> and what did you learn? Well, yes. <laughs> what I learned is that uh, men are protective of theirs. They find an ownership even in relationships. And that if you approach them and say, oh, this, you, that's, why would you do that? You know? So I said, you know, but if it was your mother if it were your sister, if it were your girlfriend. And then I gave them the, the, the recent statistics at the time where so many, um, I think it was like one in so many women would be assaulted or sexually assaulted. And then, and then I would tell them one in um, 25 men would be sexually assaulted and not including prison population because men always want to go, oh yeah, that's in prison. Not so much because it's about domination. Mm -hmm. And so we would talk about the really, really serious issue of you know, no is no. And I would tell them about the law in Michigan. No, you have to accept. You have to say, I would like to participate in this act with you. And so, so it was really interesting because when you go at it from a perspective of ownership and, and what do I own in this piece, a lot of, they, they listened. And I, I hit a nerve because we're like emotionally, wherever we come from. We know what it's like to hurt. We understand love and whatever perspective and where we are in our life journey. But we understand 
that we impact one another. And so when you take it to them personally, I thought it was amazing how receptive they were to the information and that, you know, it wasn't appropriate. And, and that was, a you know, maybe the person who put that there didn't come to the program that night, but mm -hmm. the people who were there were surely going to watch out for that. Mm -hmm. And they were going to monitor their community. So I was really pleased because they took it and took it well. And I should remind our listeners, if you want to join the conversation, our phone number is 432-3893, and you are tuned to Impact 89FM, and this is Impact Sexposure tonight. So, Brenda, I have a question for you. Um, throughout the years when you've been doing sex with Brenda, mm -hmm. have you noticed a difference in, in the way people react to talking about sex? You know, amazingly, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, um, even with all the uh, uh, inundations of technology, it is still one of the most uh, intimate things you can do with someone. And uh, they'll give you the general answer on the street, <laughs> what Kevin did. But when you actually get into a group, it becomes really personal. And I think that's where it hasn't changed. I think it's, it's, it's sort of, it may be sort of slid over a little bit now because um, people may be not so serious. But here's the issue. Um, women like the idea of loving someone. Men like that too, but there's two meanings. I love you, but I want sex with you. I love you, I just want to hug. Mm -hmm. And so you, you, that dynamic, I think, is still out there too. And, and the conversation has to be happening. Um, what do you mean by I love you? What, when, what does that entail? And what, do I, what am I giving over? What power? So I think the whole power dynamic is sort of lost a, a little bit now given on some of the things that I've been talking with students about. And I still check in with students all the time. I have uh, 54 nephews and nieces, and I always, I go to them and say, what's going on in your neck of the woods? I need the new dance, the new hottest song, and also, what are you doing sexually? And a cool aunt. I am. I come for condoms. Do they answer your sex oh, questions? Oh, yeah. I even poll their siblings. My siblings, I poll constantly. How's your sex life? We're in our 50s now, so we have a little... A little poll, and I think they're regular people. You know, they've got jobs, they've got responsibilities, they've got kids. Uh, how are you doing sexually, though? Are you happy? And I have a saying: Do you want to be happy? or Do you want to be right? Because that stops all debate. Uh, I think one of the beauties of, of, of seeing your program and knowing you over the years is you provide an environment that's conducive for that. Yes. You know, and, and it gives people permission because even when you were asking the questions, I was listening to some of the answers, and they're almost like. Looking up in a Webster's, hooking up is oh, yeah. a mechanical way of <laughs> using the trying to be so proper with <laughs> and, their language. And you really kind of want, you know, because having done many, many things, real. once they turn the camera off and the mic off, go, yeah, this is what I really think it is. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. right. So it's, but, but you provide that, and I think that's all about it. Even in HIV counseling, you know, if you provide an environment that's conducive for folks to say, oh, it, it, it's all right to talk about sex. It's all about you right it's all, now. It's but I'm, I'm, you know, to my nephews and nieces, I'm the same way. They'll yeah. say, uh, I've got a nephew here now. I sure hope he's not listening. Who <laughs> 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 ask me a question Dr. about D's sex nephew, and please stuff call in. Because he knows he can, he can talk to Uncle D about it. You know, he's a, yeah. I can't talk to mom or dad, but yeah. I can talk to Uncle D about it because, you know, it's one person I can. So you don't think that the, have the issues changed over the years, or is it? You know, I know Emily's talked about. You know, I, I, I'll be honest with you. No, no. It is uh, it is age old. It is from from whatever you believe to whatever you believe uh, that uh, we are all tr seeking intimacy, and how we find and what it means to us. A whole lot of that deals with how we got to where we are, you know, how we were raised, what we expect. I'm a I'm a Southern Baptist in recovery. Mm -hmm. And it took a lot for me to have sex and not think Jesus was watching. Mm -hmm. so, so if you're out there, 
There you go. A little help for you. <laughs> well, I, I bet you your, your conversations about HIV may be different from now than it was in the 80s. Yeah, because now in the 80s, we, we lent ourselves to just a lot of hope. Mm -hmm. You know, you can mm -hmm. do this and that you're still lovable and, yeah. and you don't have to stop because people would just give up. They would just say, you know, um, I just, no one's going to love me. And I remember doing a, a show for a group in the Detroit area on AIDS. And the theme of the show was, what's love got to do with it? And so, it, and we had a, about an hour just howling, laughing. It, they had the best time because I learned more from them than I could ever give them. I, I was the recipient mm -hmm. of 75 hugs. I was, I was feeling pretty good at the end of that <laughs> program. Well, we have, oh, we just lost our first caller of the oh, evening. No. And if you want to call in, the phone number is four three two three eight nine three. The call light back. just went off. We do have we do have those prize packs. I'm still oh. waiting for the for the the first mentor to call in and ask Brenda a question or ask or tell us what your definition of hooking up is and and, and why is it hard to talk about sex? I mean, I mean we talk about it that it's you know private, but why is it so hard to talk about sex? Or if it's if anyone finds it quite easy with their partner. Why is it easy for them to talk about sex? And because uh, I think there's the both flip sides of the story. I think some couples probably don't have an issue. They'll they'll be free to talk like you talk with your nieces and nephews. Probably some people like that out there that find it very easy. And, and I guess my question is, what makes it so easy for them yeah. to share your wealth of knowledge? Right. With the people let that us don't know find so it can easy. help me. <laughs> so how how would people come to to your presentations? Would you advertise or would they be word of mouth? Because I know you you had a following for a while. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's uh, it, actually the mentors just sort of picked it up. It had a different name, a much more technical name than Sex with Brenda. But they <laughs> said, "Ah, we don't want to put that up. Nobody's going to come to the show." So it, it became uh, it was easy because I kept it light. I kept it uh, entertaining, if you want to say that. So it's a, it's an old Southern saying that you get more with honey than you do with vinegar. <laughs> so you just uh, know what they're and ask the questions. And I think the after the, sh the program was the thing that, you know, the folks that came up and said, you know, I really need to see someone, and I would send mm -hmm. them to you. Mm -hmm. I would send them to Olin. Uh, or if I had told my fiancé that his penis was small, you know, what do you think I should do now? I said, well, if he's still your fiancé, <laughs> <laughs> that's not, uh, that's, that's, that's something you're really going to have to work through. You're going yeah. to work through that. Because he called her fat. Oh. So she just, and, and you know, people you love know all your... So oh, they know, they know your yeah. secret, so. Yep. So, so she you were there. the one who was sending me all the complaints <laughs> yes. about the small penis. I was <laughs> that, okay. yes, I was well, the one. And yeah. I, not having met you before, just the simple title, Sex with Brenda, you're putting your name on it. It's kind of pers personalizing it right there. And I would go see somebody if they put their name on it, because I would almost feel the intimacy level right there automatically is. You're putting your name on it. Um, you want to talk about it. So you're I think that it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Owning it. I'm not your typical. <laughs> what, did, what, did, what, did, what did you like most about doing it, Brenda? You know, I'm passionate about uh, uh, heartbreak and information and, and people not dying. Uh, so that's what made me continue. Uh, but people should know, and it's okay. And I find that between money and loving someone, two biggest issues. Uh, and if you get the first one, I think if you find somebody you can love, then you've managed everything. Um, and if you can authentically be present with them and be yourself, then you've gained uh, so much. I think I've fallen in love for the last time. That's what I tell people. I am in the perfect relationship. 
and uh, there will never be another one like this. And I will be like my father after being married to my mother for uh, uh, 47 years. And uh, when she died, he said, you know, she's supposed to go home with me. That was the most beautiful thing I'd ever heard. Uh, my parents kept their life and their intimacy very separate. Mm -hmm. And that was their generation. And so we talk more. And so I don't want anybody to lose out on the perfect. And, and, and take that in the really broad sense of perfect, because that's defined by you, right. what works for you. you know. Uh, and it's so different, because if you said who I was going to be with right now, I would never believe it. Hmm. But I, I do. My goal in life is every day to leave work, go home, and vacation. Well, work my, to live. Yeah. If my dear partner is listening, you were the one always, honey. I never had anybody else. <laughs> <laughs> Covering your ground. Covering your ground. I can, I can agree with you. This, this, yeah. uh, my present, yeah. my only partner is the one I will with the rest of my life. Yeah. But if you have a question for Brenda, 432-3893, we're still waiting to give away that uh, prize pack that's just the chock double. full of yeah, goodies. Prize We're pack. talking about that sex talk that everyone loves so much between you and your partner or you or whoever you're having uh, sexual relations with. Um, I guess our questions for you out there, since we have no questions coming in, is uh, what is it about that talk? Is it for particular for you that maybe you're embarrassed that you've done too much with that partner? I kind of thought about that. I've heard people, you know, kind of hold back from giving too much information because they feel themselves that they are maybe, uh, for lack of other words, too experienced or have been around the block, I guess you could say? Or is it the opposite spectrum where they don't feel like they're uh, as experienced and they're scared to talk about what to do next? I mean, I'm curious to hear from you callers. So what is that number, Emily? It's 432-3893. So one more time, 432-3893. So Brenda, I have a question for you. Um, when you, I mean, you've talked to a lot of students about sex. What is it that you want students to know or you would like for people to know or understand about sex? Um, well, it gets better <laughs> when you understand what's really involved in it. A lot of people get into the physical, but some of the best sex I've ever had was totally in my head with that person that I'm with. Uh, so once you get it passed, and it can last a lifetime. Uh, so I would like them to be uh, authentic and present and and uh, you know here's the hardest thing for folks to do when they're in any relationship to be vulnerable mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, because it requires and a friend of mine gave me permission um, to be vulnerable and I thought wow and that's something I hadn't thought about that vulnerability is something that we fight against we don't want anybody to know they our think weakness, it's a weakness right? yes they think it's a form of weakness which yeah, is exactly so yeah to and you have to take chances but uh, any time you get into a relationship, uh, I want them to know uh, the truth, and whatever that truth is for them, I want them to be able to know that even in the, you know, in the relationship, the long part of it, that that they they happen, they end, they start again, and that hopefully they get to a place where they've had enough time to know that this is a good place to sort of be, and be okay with it, and be okay who, with who they are and how they live and how they feel. So. I don't want them not to ask the question. I want them to ask the question because it will cost them, and I want hearts not to be broken. Well, I think you said one, in, one of the most important words that, that I like to keep in mind when we're talking about this is permission. And I know that we have kind of talked about it, and, and you going out and doing a program is giving people permission. But we've been on the air almost a half hour now, and we haven't really talked about pleasure. 
and or the aspect of sex. And and I think in your programs, do you see people asking you when they know that that they're that you're vulnerable enough to ask, or you set up an environment that, that because I've seen in HIV counseling, usually when we get past all the fact that we've given a result and it's negative and stuff, many times when they find the environment conducive to do it, they'll say. What's it really all about? You know, it, am I allowed to have pleasure, and is that what sex is all about? Because many times I would ask people if I knew they were right for it, I'd say, why are you having sex? Not in a condescending manner, but mm -hmm. why are you having sex? And, and they really couldn't answer. Usually women would say, you know, I don't really know what it's about. Mm -hmm. That's a tough one. Uh, but, but again, that's the whole experience piece, and I think people go into it thinking it's one thing. Because I used to use this example. Sex is not getting up in the morning and still having your makeup on. It is sweaty. It's hard work. It's acrobatics. It is. It is the most fun. If you if, and, and you can tell because it should be fun. If it's not fun, then, then you need to talk to some people. You can call us. <laughs> yeah, right. Call us. Four three two three eight nine three. Yeah, we used to talk about the Kama Sutra. And I would say there's only really seven or eight moves, but the Kama Sutra is variations on the theme for the music mm -hmm. majors out there. Mm -hmm. So, so, <clears throat> so it. Um, I, I, you know, I just think that if you're not having fun with sex, yeah. oh my. I mean, you might as well study. Has there been a common problem that you've heard throughout <laughs> the years, with, and this may get specific, but has there been a common problem that people have come to you with? Yes. What's, what's that? Short penises. Yeah. Yeah. That that was, yeah uh, well, you know what yeah. it is? Um, I would say it is that um, the big one is I wasn't ready. Uh -huh. mm. I really wasn't ready. You know, and, and, and sad to say, it happens at, at times when, usually there's, when I've been talking to people when they really had a problem, it had something to do with some kind of alcohol, mm -hmm. when you're not making your best decisions. And I will tell people, if you want to have really good sex, stop drinking. Mm -hmm. Don't mm -hmm. drink and have sex, because it takes, it really dulls it. So if you're having good sex and you've been drinking, and I don't condone any of that, I, I condone the fact that if you want better sex, you need to be fully present mm -hmm. because it dulls your senses. But you know how hard that is. Yeah, I know. Because that's the whole thing. Uh, the alcohol and other drugs give you power and, and feel, make you feel like, I can have sex. <laughs> Inhibitions right. are gone. Yeah, yep. yeah. But see, that, but see, you need to be present to actually know what happened. Mm -hmm. I, mean, I mean, you shouldn't have sex. And back to the pleasure part, and just go like, really? Is that what it is? I mean, if you get up and you don't say it, but in your head you're thinking it, not for you. <laughs> I mean, you might want to, you know, that right. didn't work for you. And if you want to stay with that person, that's the big one I hear. Because I've gotten calls in the middle of the night, like 4 o'clock in the morning. You know, I, I, I'm having a problem having an erection from friends of mine. Mm -hmm. It's 4 o'clock in the morning. Unless you're about <laughs> to have a moment, <laughs> and then they're right there with you, you need to go to bed and call me at a now decent see, time. Your experience is the same. I've never been, I've, I've been drunk dialed once, but I've been sex dialed many times. Oh, yeah. People will call and say, okay, what was supposed to just happen? Was, yeah. you know, was, was that an orgasm? Should, should I last a little longer? Am I supposed to have multiple orgasms? Yeah. Did I come too quick? I'm going, yeah. do you really want me to answer that, <laughs> you know, in the middle of the night, yeah. we get sex dialed, uh, it's right. just horrible. I tell people practice, like anything you want to get good at, you've got to really work at your sex life. And the, <clears throat> the analogy I used to use in the 80s, because men tended to really put a lot of time and energy in their cars. Women do it now, too, I've been told. I, you know, they got these nice cars, they're all putting a lot of time. I said, if you put the time in your relationship that you put in cleaning your car, you would be happier. 
because if you satisfy your partner, they will satisfy you. Right. And uh, it, how do you practice um, it, or, or work on your sex life? Well, I think I think here's you work on intimacy. You work on having honest thought. Because what people get in their heads is they get in. They start out thinking, you know, all these things that they think sex is. And so, and that just clogs because we got so much feeding into you. Y'all have seen, uh, think about it, all the stuff you've seen in movies, right? Mm-hmm. Hi. Right, and all the books you read, right? Right. Okay, and all the fantasy that a lot of us have. Those are like totally not real. Mm-hmm. I, I mean, sex is really, uh, like I said, hard work. You're, you end up sweaty, gooey, sticky, <laughs> messy, and it's the best fun you'll ever have if you have good sex. Right, right. I mean, really. It, it, so so the, how do you do it? You start by being intimate. Now that's the tough one. You look somebody in the eye and you say, you know what, Um, I love you. I don't even know what that means when I say it to you, but I love you. Uh, It has no end, has no beginning, but I know when I say it, I love you. And then you start there, and then you might want to do a little touching. (laughs) I would suggest touching, foreplay, I call it for serious. Women like foreplay. If you're out there, we like foreplay. What? And I call it for serious. <laughs> serious. You need to have it. And to have good foreplay, you'd have to know their turn-ons and turn-offs, correct? Communications. Yes. yes. Which, which I'm going to round this out. takes me to the quickies with Kevin question. Oh, yes. All go. right. Let's bring uh, it. I did go out there and I asked people what, what turned them on. And I was surprised to, to get some not necessarily sexual answers. But uh, the way you're talking about it, it's all relevant when it comes to intimacy. And some of the answers had to deal with intimacy and not necessarily... Uh, a body part or a feature on a person. So, shall we hear them? Yes, before we play Quickies with Kevin, um, you are listening to Impact Sexposure on Impact 89FM, in which Olin Health Center comes in the second Tuesday of every month Happy to, to talk it. about sex. And if you want to join the conversation, the phone number is 517-432-3893. And here is Quickies with Kevin. What is your biggest turnoff? Um, I'm going to have to go with Stuck Up Girls. Like, you wear sunglasses and, like, you're really mysterious. Like, there's something else going on, but I know you're not that mysterious. Uh, When guys are full of themselves? A guy that's arrogant. I'd have to say bad breath. Uh, People who smoke cigarettes. Uh, Smoking. Uh, Bad hygiene. When guys don't chew with their mouth closed. What is your biggest turn on? I guess the way a guy dresses. Kissing. People's smiles. Humor. A sense of humor. Biggest turn on would probably be just a girl who's really comfortable with herself and has a lot of fun. This may seem a little weird, but I like to see a guy's Adam's apple. And that was Quickies with Kevin here on Impact 89 FM. If you want to join the conversation, 432-3893. That scared the hell out of me at first because I thought the first segment was turn on. That was it. Yeah. Turn, like, turn off. Smoking first. and mysterious and, and it just, but you know, the, the turn on part doesn't really shock me because over the years as we've done survey after survey you know when people talk about a sense of humor and they, and they talk about these other things that are turn-ons uh, and now the Adam's apple we, we had a long conversation about that one <laughs> yeah. but you know uh, and you went back to talking about foreplay and these turn-ons you know, and we did some survey work where we said the average woman would like to have 30 minutes yep, 30 of minutes. foreplay when the average couple usually has about 15, 15 minutes. minutes. You flunked that one, didn't you? I <laughs> did flunk that one. And I'll have to say that a family friend of mine was tuning in. <laughs> <laughs> She's known me my whole life. And, oh, no. <laughs> and 
<laughs> she calls. She talks funny. to my mom. Well, Emily had a very interesting show the other night, <laughs> and she failed the test and had to answer all the questions when she wasn't supposed to. She got too excited. Oh, and... that's so funny. And we we agreed not to ask you about your sex life today, so we won't do that. But when we talk about turn-ons, I mean, I mean, has that changed at all, or is it is it pretty much the same? You think? Uh, it's. <clears throat> I have to say that. <laughs> I've heard so many things. I, I would do a, a poll in the group, what what turned them on, you know, so that you could know it yourself. Sometimes people don't know what turns them on. This group evidently knew what turns them on. But I think it's everything from from toes to hands to, <laughs> you know, just how the silhouette of the sun on somebody's face or, you know, mm -hmm. the something in their eye. I mean, I've heard it, you know, uh, just the... And that's how you get these really amazing couples that you go like, well, what is it about? Mm -hmm him that she sees because we put a we put a standard on there's a good looking guy or an older guy a younger woman or older woman younger guy mm -hmm. they don't get it and and it, it really does have a lot to do with chemistry mm -hmm. well it's been it's been interesting uh, over the years as you've asked people about turn-ons and turn-ons because you never really know and sometimes people don't even communicate with themselves but as we've seen you know as we've compiled them for about 20 20 years now and usually the turn-ons and turn-off have to do with the senses Mm -hmm. you know, it's usually a sense of smell and, and touch, you know, like not enough foreplay and <laughs> bad smoking or turn-ons is kissing. Like, you know, I mean, we, have, we could spend probably an hour talking about kissing because mm -hmm. to me it's a lost art. Mm -hmm. People go from mouth to crotch in 2.5 seconds. And they, they, they really don't <laughs> Crotch, so. that's, I think, the first word that's kind of controversial that we said tonight. Crotch. Yeah, we haven't said, we haven't said masturbate, we haven't said clitoris, we haven't said a lot of things tonight. <laughs> ding, right, ding, Emily? ding, you just did. Okay, we just did. Uh, but so what, what do you say about kissing? Oh, my God. Uh, it sets the stage. Ain't it great? <laughs> oh, I mean, really, if you got lips, kiss. And if you don't know, you know, and you can get taught, I, you know, there's like a handshake. A kiss is a signature. And you should ah, be I like that. Uh, breathless if it matters. I, you know, and you, there's the kisses. You know, I tease a friend of mine because in England they kiss on both cheeks as a greeting. Mm -hmm. And I said, really? What, you know, a waste. But, but it, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you know, you, you want to mean it. I mean, a kiss you should lean into and melt. Oh. I mean, it should really just feel that good. I, mean, I think you just melted Kevin. <laughs> I, well, I, think I like the words you used. It's a signature. Yeah, it is. I mean, they should come back. And I have great penmanship. <laughs> I'm, just I'm just kidding. That was a joke. Or is it? Well, so what the rest of you thinking about kissing? In, in, is it something that we should bring back? Or? I think that's one of the most yes. intimate, intimate things you can do. I, there was a high someone. school teacher. I never had her, but, but people said one of their favorite lines she said was, uh, sex without kissing is like reading spark notes and not actually reading the novel or something along those lines like not actually oh, yeah. missing key parts of it yeah. all yeah. okay kevin did anything surprise you when you asked folks out there about turn on turn offs or were they more the adam's apple surprised me a little bit she kind of she uh prefaced it by saying you know this is really weird but and i was like waiting for her to say it and she's like but i really like it when uh, i can see a guy's adam's apple and i was like well it's not as weird as I thought it would be. I kind of was thinking she was going somewhere else with that. But um, abnormal? I mean, you were shaking your head on that. I mean, is there something that I'm not getting about the Adam's apple? Or? Well, I think, I think, uh, <laughs> think about it. Uh, it's part of someone's neck. I mean, and if you uh -huh. really want to look at, where do you find from, you know, just the scent there. So you get close, you can see it. It's obvious. It's something you're attracted to. It's not covered up most of the time. Right. And so 
for someone who had that particular, we haven't even talked about fetishes, but there you go, uh, that particular... Um, it's like it's like people who say yeah. like you said seeing the silhouette of somebody's face yeah. or like seeing somebody's like yeah. shoulders in yeah. the silhouette yeah. necessarily. Yeah. Oh, Jamie's laughing. <laughs> I am laughing. <laughs> <laughs> Kevin and I had a long conversation about today. Turn on. About yeah, the things that people find attractive. Like just uh -huh. randoms and shoulders, like like shoulders, backs. Knees. Means def definition of no, 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 no. Why are you giving us the look when you say that? <laughs> she looks disgusted when she said knees. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, our knees in the turn off part. Uh, I'm not gonna judge, but <laughs> no. no, we just we're talking about things that we've heard, friends, HIV clients, mm -hmm. things like that, and yeah, I swear we've heard it all until we hear the Adam's apple. Adam's apple, that's a new one. That was <laughs> yeah. So. But that was but, one of the questions Kevin and I talked about going on the street. Is you know we did this whole exercise in the class that we used to teach it was opposite of Barclays, which which the human sexuality one was, what body part turns you on, and what body part turns you off, and you'd be surprised by some of the the answers you get from folks. Uh, as far as body parts go. So, so listeners, mm -hmm. if you want to call in, tell us what is your least favorite body part and your most favorite body part. What's the number? 432-3893. And we have, we're, we're even asked Brenda to, to sign that prize pack. With his <laughs> signature. I got a prize pack for Brenda. But I think the one I, I, I like is skin. One of the folks that I was talking to said skin. I... They like the person that they were involved with, just the texture of their skin. And to be able to lightly, just, you know, a hand or uh, a neck. So, so I can, you know, I could see that. People, what about holding Jamie's hands? Jamie's smiling now. She holding hands. I just, I keep going back to the conversation I had with Kevin earlier. <laughs> we, were, we were talking about the senses and, mm -hmm. like, the mm -hmm. touch, the yeah. smile, and mm -hmm. how, you know, subconsciously other people would think, oh, this, a smell would turn you on. But, yeah, I mean, if you're really in tune with your right senses, you really in tune with yourself and what you like. So. I, for, for me, holding my partner's hand is like one of the most mm -hmm. intimate things I do. We hold, we hold hands everywhere to the point where people look, oh, come on, <laughs> you guys have been married 20 years. What do you, but for me, it's <laughs> They're like jealous. They're the jealous most intimate thing. But you know, you were talking about exercises, and one yes. of the exercises is what yeah. we call sensate focus. Yeah. It's where if you really focus on the, the touch of your partner and how it feels and how you want it and communicate with them, yeah. it's probably one of the best communication exercises you can do with your partner as far as telling them what you like and how you want it done and stuff because it shows you the pressure and where you feel and stuff and that's taking all the focus off the genital areas yes just saying touch everywhere yes. on your body and tell your partner how it feels and how it feels the way they're doing it not just how it feels to you but the way they're doing it and that's how you start to get that communication about what you like and yeah. Do you think a lot of people are t like educated to do all this though? I think that's where we're like we're at a loss maybe for callers even right now Maybe talking about it's not their thing, but uh, I just feel like we were talking about that earlier as well as uh, Where do people come from where have they been educated to even discuss? Their penis their vagina or whatever or even use the words for you're, 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 you're talking to two people from, from a Baptist history and a Catholic history. Oh, you're talking and you're, to you're asking about yourself. <laughs> the reason why we're doing this is because we come from those yeah, I get you. <laughs> I'm just trying to bring up the topic of, like, uh, for any listeners out there, we're, if, if you are a person that feels that it comes easy for you to start a new relationship and have that conversation about what you like, what you don't like, um, what allows, what, what makes it so easy, what makes it... Uh, what alleviates the pressure for them, I guess? Why is it not there for them? Or why is it there for some people out there? Like uh, like you said, bringing the pressures of 
uh, Christianity on yourself because God's watching you. Don't don't do that. Like having that, uh, I definitely can relate to that because growing up in a Catholic uh, household, it's uh, family life, which is separate. You, you're taught separate things, separate sexes, and different rooms. And, and, and what's interesting about that, and hopefully I can uh, plug next month's show, is that. Dr. John Lee is going to come on oh. next month and talk about how spirituality and sexuality are so intertwined that you can't actually separate them. And you can't really, as John would say, you can't really tell how spiritual you are until you realize how sexual you are. Mm -hmm. And so <laughs> you want to talk about getting fired. Uh, <laughs> and the the article said were interesting, that's yeah. for sure. That's, yeah. that's going to talk about what, what do you I'll think? I'll tune in. <laughs> uh, well, I think it's, I, I think, you know, I just think there's, we're this, this amazing being all of us and and we make so many demands on us uh, in our environments and our cultures that it really does take some time and practice to get to who you really are so you can weed out uh, all the stuff you've been programmed with I know that sounds old but <laughs> but it really is a programming or an indoctrination and you have to sort of go out and I call it swimming in the deep water where you don't know where the bottom or the top is but sort of just being there and sort of feeling, you know, what, what is good for me? Mm -hmm. Not what was good for whoever, but what mm -hmm. is really good for me? Where am I in this? And I think, I like the hover feel that you get. I like being in love. I think it's the most amazing feeling that, that I never touch the ground. Emotionally, I'm always uh, really quite excited. Even on 14-hour days, when I go home, I leave here, I go home, I am in love. And I, they don't get 14-hour days. They get me present. I want to know what happened for your day. At the end of the night, I rub it back in the middle. And, 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 and it's wonderful. That's how we end our night. We have a conversation. Uh, we get back rubs every night. And we, we wake up the next day going like, oh, it's good to see you. Uh, that's, you know, that's actually what that, uh, we do. We, we have a uh, ritual we do every night called putting back where I'll sit behind her and I'll rub her back and she rubs my feet because I love my feet being rubbed and she loves her back mm -hmm. being rubbed. So we'll sit there and do that every mm -hmm. night. And that's probably one of the most intimate things we do is, mm -hmm. is do that because it brings us connection and yeah. it brings us that feeling stuff. And, and I like the definition that you've given to some of the things we've talked about, about sex being messy and dirty, because we've talked about the fact that, okay. that passion, we talk about passion connected with sex many times. And if you look really at the root definition of passion, it's called emotion and conflict. People think passion is this, this glorious coming together, but it's really passion is about two conflictual things coming together and being intensely emotional but in conflict. And that's really what sex is all about, too. You talk about passion and sex, it's really conflictual because in, in the end process, it is messy. It is tough at times. Mm -hmm. But, you know, what you're describing now, too, is your... It's what I would call the love orgasm. It's, it really is the payoff. <laughs> it is the payoff. It's the, it's the um, you know, um, the feeling of, um, it's just not real. I don't know how you can express it, but I know what I, when I haven't had it. Mm -hmm. I know that everything that I did and every person I was involved with got me to the person I'm with right now. And that, that's why I say you need to practice. Because I don't think I could have made a change in my life to get to where I am being. So, to be loved for who you are. I only knew that once, and that's when my mother died. Mm -hmm. This feeling of no one's going to love me like that person. Mm -hmm. And that's true, when it's really, really quite intimate. So, mm -hmm. so that's what you want. You, you can get to that. And, and I want people to really work at that, because it's a most phenomenal thing we do. 
because it never ends. I don't think love, you can take it away. If you give it, you cannot take love back. It is there, even if you don't like the person, you love them, it stays with them, you may move on, but you can't take love away, it's always there. So it's, it's an interesting, very complicated way to be. So we're going to move from the love eternal to cookies well, with Kevin again. <laughs> well, we actually oh. have our first caller. Oh, great. So uh, you're on Impact's Exposure. Hi. Hello. Um, yeah, I'm calling to, call it, sorry, I got a delay on my radio. Um, I'm calling to ask a question about um, um, condom use at MSU and like where do you guys do outreach for distributing condoms? That's a great question. Thanks for asking it. There's actually a lot of resources for condoms on campus. You can stop by the third floor of Olin. We've got um, a nice bucket outside of 371. Also, if you're in the residence hall, most of your mentors will have a sign on the door that says condom connection. Stop in, see one of them for condoms, or you can contact us, Olin Health Center, Student Health Services, and we can come to you guys and do programs, bring all sorts of fun, free goodies, including condoms, lubrication, dental dams, female condoms, things so of that nature. Do you guys do uh, outreach off campus at all? Yeah, we do outreach on, off campus. We do high schools, community houses, fraternities, sororities, you name it, we do it. Okay, so you can make, you can actually go and do, I don't know, um, pass out to places like co-ops and uh, fraternities? Yeah, most definitely. Just uh, if you visit olin.msu.edu, there'll be a link on how to sign up for, it sounds like you guys want a sexual health program. We'll bring all sorts of fun goodies, lots of information so you guys can learn the correct uses for them, talk about sex in a really fun and inviting manner, and get your resources. Okay. And for calling okay. and for calling in, you're going to get a prize pack that will that equip you to do that yourself. Because <laughs> we're going to have condoms and lube in there and stuff like that. But I think any any time that we can do outreach, and I think that's where Brenda came in back in the, the 90s when I first came here was was she not only provided information, but she provided a, a resource in the sense of a harm reduction program, which was condom use and talking about condoms and actually making it. You know, kind of normalized. Mm -hmm. You made it normal to talk about condoms because you know most people on this candle who are involved in any type of intercourse do use condoms. And they use them pretty well. So, we want to outreach it for you. Yeah, I was. The reason why I was wondering is uh, I, um, I, I used to work in HIV prevention and outreach, and um, one of the things that we, um, one of the things that we focused at our agency was um, like making sure to make condoms available like everywhere and that um, essentially the reason why people don't use condoms a lot of the times is because they don't have them and right. that's essentially it. I was, I was just looking into seeing if sure. you guys did outreach to places that are off campus because well, just having them around means people are going to use them. No, we, we, we've seen three things happen as we've flooded this campus and community with condoms, you know, and it goes in the face of what some folks think happens when you pass out condoms. Three things have happened. We've seen STI rates go down. We've seen unwanted pregnancy go down. And the rate of intercourse has stayed the same. Because one, one, one of the, the, the critiques of giving out mass amounts of condoms is once somebody gets one, they're going to go do it right away. It's like, yeah, if you flood the, flood the environment with condoms, it's like you're going to have more intercourse going on. No, we've never seen that. So we, we think of it as a good thing. I'm all into harm reduction and putting condoms where they need to be. <laughs> and didn't MSU recently get an award for condom use or something along those lines? Yeah, I remember asking about it like three years ago at Oldham Health Center because I had had the, the experience in doing community outreach, and uh, I just I I don't think that I got I don't think that I was told that you guys actually went and 
did stuff at off-campus sites. I remember you being told that you guys did stuff on campus. No, we've we've even been in the bars doing it, and that's a that's a <laughs> that is a that's hit. a tricky <laughs> tricky situation. But we will respond to anyone who says that we need to go somewhere to provide harm reduction and and the education necessary. So, I appreciate the call. Yep, and, and st you. stay in the line, and you can get um, your wonderful prize pack from Olin Health Center. All right, thank you. Yep. Thanks a lot. So we go to quickies for Kevin for the next uh, question. Shall we? Uh, yes. Let's do it. Let's and, and before we get to quickies with Kevin again, the phone number is 432-3893 if you want to join the conversation. And what, what quickies with Kevin are we going to do right now? We have a, um, let's do, let's the do. Places uh, on campus. The places on campus that people would like to have sex. And oh, here it here is, quickies with Kevin. Where would you most like to have sex on campus? Oh, that's a good one. I would love to have sex in the odd. Anywhere particularly in the odd? Oh, probably on stage. Um, right at the administration building. <laughs> I don't know, probably somewhere private. Somewhere private. Like my room. <laughs> my room. <laughs> I would say in the gardens. And those botanical gardens behind the library near the river. Where is the craziest place you've had sex? In a garden? <laughs> I guess. I don't get crazy. See, I haven't really had sex anywhere crazy. I'd probably say in the back seat of a car in a park. The car. The car. <laughs> back seat, front seat. Back seat. <laughs> back seat. In the car. Front seat, back seat? Back seat. A bathroom. A bathroom? A dorm room bathroom. That would be the the teepee and the baker would like. <laughs> uh, gotta go with Spain. In Spain? Anywhere particular? Or? Uh, yeah, the balcony in Spain. Uh, in a, the classroom in uh, Holden in the basement. And that was Cookies with Kevin <laughs> here <laughs> on Impact 89 FM, which is wait, wait, G4 wait, wait, wait. Holden Hall. Which is kind of crazy, right? <laughs> Isn't Impact in the basement of Holden Hall? Yep, so that guy <laughs> was just, just uh, the next uh, door over. something going on strange in the next room. <laughs> Well, it, 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 I mean, the car stuff doesn't surprise me at all. Right. And, no. and, but, you know, the in the odd and on stage. Right. Some people are creative with their answers. <laughs> we have some I... exhibition. We haven't talked about fetishes yet because no. we're going to have to have Brenda back for fetishes and exhibitionism oh, and everything else like that. Come on back. We'll have to talk about that. But we do have one last question. Do you want to get to that before uh, we run out of time? Or? Sure. Which is the what is or what is what it sorry, where is it? Uh, where? What's your favorite music to play while getting intimate? Okay. Which kind of sets that mood. All right. So this is Quickies with Kevin. One more time. What's your favorite music to play while getting intimate? Um, it it doesn't necessarily matter to me what kind of music. Oh, we gotta go with Barry White. Chris Brown. Chris Brown. Any particular song? Um, <laughs> Wet the Bed. Wet the Bed. I don't usually play music. <laughs> Dubstep. Kind of like club music, you know, like. Just pumping music. Favorite music to play while getting intimate. Also kind of depends. I mean, sometimes I like a little bit of Beyonce, you know, something a little upbeat that gets you grooving. Sometimes I like something really low-key, like some jazz or like some classical music. Kind of depends on the person, too. Not that there's been multiple people. I dig on, um, like, 70s funk and uh, uh, some R&B and then um, weird hippie things. 
And that was Cookies with Kevin here on Impact's Exposure. Now, I, I, I didn't hear any progressive torch and twang on that. <laughs> you guys, I, I, I wish everyone would check out what the, the lyrics to What the Bet are because they're quite interesting if you listen to them. What are they? Uh, just lots of very descriptive words <laughs> that would describe the icky, the wet sex that we were talking about with Brenda here tonight. But you should definitely check out those lyrics. Cause what is it about Barry White? I know uh, that's how you shake your head. Oh my god. <laughs> I mean, Barry White, um, Babyface, Luther Vandross. Mm -hmm. uh, is it seduction? John Legend it? nowadays. It is. Yes. Um, it's, it's deep. It's It's got resonance. It, 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 he just goes like Barry White, the soul, you know, mm -hmm. love. He would just say John the Legend love. nowadays. <laughs> Because they felt love. They felt yeah. whatever yeah. they're singing. Yeah, love yeah. yeah. Maybe, is that what that lady meant by, like, hippie music? I think so. <laughs> yeah. There's some, some sort yeah, of discrepancy as to yeah. what she was talking yeah. about. But. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that new age kind of hippie music. <laughs> that hippie music, whatever you guys, you kids play these days. Yeah. But she was also the girl that, that had sex in the um, baker yeah. woodlock in the, in the teepee. On the teepee, yeah. yeah. I thought that was quite interesting. She had the, the baker, I didn't hear the baker woodlock. The, the craziest place she had sex was the... Behind home. It's got a teepee in the woods, so we're not condoning that you go there and have sex right now. But somebody has that sex and that, so careful where you're walking. Well, Brenda, if you were if you were to give advice mm. to uh, you know not only just freshmen but the average MSU student mm -hmm. about sex, I mean we only have a couple of minutes here. Mm. What would you give me? What would you want the take-home message to be? Wow, um, that's a loaded question. It is. Um, to, uh, I think, to continue in the conversation and know what uh, feels right for you and, and, and be able to ask those questions, you know, and then to, to be okay with it not being uh, perfect or not knowing, but to investigate. I, I think that we have a research institution, and I used to tell my students, you need to check out your body parts, get a Grey's Anatomy book, <laughs> and know where everything is. Mm -hmm. and so, so I would like them to keep having the conversation and, and feel okay with it. Mm -hmm. yeah. And if you, were, if you were to pose a question to students at MSU, what question would you pose to them about sex or sexuality? Ooh. I love deep questions. <laughs> On the spot, too. <laughs> I mean, to, to, let, to have them think about the issue. Oh, um, I'd like them to know, uh, I guess, think about what sex feels like to them. What is that? And, and, and I don't mean the act, but just the whole idea mm. of sex. What does mm -hmm. that feel like? And to really think about what that is. And, and I think that would be what I would, I would say, think about. Because I think we've lost the art of deep thought. Oh, you're not supposed to hmm. deep think about sex, are you? Yeah. It's just a shallow, shallow surface. Yeah. That's right? a whole part of the practicing process <laughs> yeah, right? that you she was talking you. about. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, I think you Someone's need to give some thought. You probably have relatives listening again. And <laughs> you just good said say. practice. Good but say. you know, I, I trained under uh, good old Bill Masters of Masters uh, and Johnson. Wow. And wow. Good old Bill used to say, the reason for sex, young man, other than procreation is pleasure. And if you're not doing it for one of those reasons, you really need to step back and ask yourself why. Mm. You know, and I, I think that's a question I pose to a lot of people. If you're not doing it for procreation and you're not doing it for pleasure or fun, which are kind of intertwined, mm -hmm. then you really need to step, step back and ask yourself, you know, not in the condescending manner, but why are you doing it? Why are you involved in it? And I like, I like your, your phraseology of 
thinking about what sex means to you, mm -hmm. not just what you got out of it physiological mm -hmm. or didn't get out of physiological, yeah. but what does it mean to yeah. have sex with yourself or another person? Mm -hmm. So, And if you're a student out there on campus uh, next Tuesday, uh, if you're walking around Acres Hall, you might see the In Your Face Theater Troupe with their first booking, uh, which touches everything from uh, serious topics like dating violence, how to put on the condom correctly, the fun way to put on a condom, and much, much more. So check us out 7.30 on Tuesday at uh, Acres Hall. Well, we have reached the 8 o'clock hour, my friends, so that means that this edition of Impact Sex Exposure has come to a close, but you can tune in every second Tuesday of the month in which Olin Health Center comes in and we talk about sex. The, the topic next month is sex and religion. Um, here on, on Impact Sex Exposure, which should be very, very interesting. So second Tuesday of the month from 7 to 8 p.m. Thank you so much for listening. And Olin Health Center, thank you so much for joining us tonight. Thanks thank a lot. Thank you. Broadcasting from the campus of Michigan State University, you've been listening to Impact Exposure. Impact Exposure.